So good to be able to fellowship again with the New Hope family, New Hope Community Church. Just want to pause and give acknowledge to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are so grateful that we have a true and living God that we serve in this, the only true God, as the scripture says. I want to also thank God for his love as he given his, from his heart, pastors to, to separate and teach the word and share for those who are in need, and that is the church. We are blessed to have men that are pastors who are leading the flock and New Hope Community Church you are blessed to have Pastor Joe Miller as your pastor. And I thank you for this opportunity and your lovely wife, Amy, and your wonderful family. It, it's, a, it's great to uh, be in the house of the Lord again in this new year. Happy New Year. I know this is the, uh, what, January the, 20, this is the 23rd, 24th, January the 24th already. And you know what's so, so awesome is that how God brought us out of 2020 into a new year. We know that 2020 is something that we will never forget. It's a year that reflects a lot of sorrow, a lot of pain. But in the midst of that, we always have that joy with Christ. And today, we're able to say, Happy New Year with you. And what's so, um, when I think of New Year's, I always think of, in my field in fitness, people come in with re resolutions. And some of you may have resolutions that may not be correlating to um, fitness. It can be, I'm not going to watch a lot of TV, or I'm going to start reading this book, and I'm going to read the Bible and complete it um, um, until the end of the year. Run through the Bible, read so many books. But the most... Um, famous resolution is, I'm going to lose weight. And for 18 plus years, I have seen so many individuals, I see you Dan right there. <laughs> so many individuals come and they say, yes, I'm going to lose weight. It is December the 31st and I will start losing weight on January the 1st. And what a resolution is, a New Year's resolution is a promise that you make to yourself to start doing something good or stop doing something bad on the first day of the year. This is the Cambridge Dictionary um, um, de definition. But I, wanna, I want us as true believers to know that we must always consider our bodies to always challenge our flesh to live up to God's standard and how we honor him with our body. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. As we look at this text, it says, don't you realize, this is the New Living Translation, don't you realize that your body is the temple 
of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Or are we taking ownership already? As we continue to read, it says, who lives in you, the Holy Spirit, and was given to you by God. That's the owner right there. And then he's going to tell you why he owns us. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a, not a regular price, but a what? High price. So you must, not an option. He says, so you must, if you have the Holy Spirit in you. So you must honor. Honor represents or means to high esteem, high respect. That Lord, I'm not at your level. You are the supreme being. You are the only true God. And I must honor my body and honor God with my body. All right? So you must honor God with your body. How many of us really do that? <laughs> and for you online, I didn't uh, acknowledge you. Welcome. Uh, God bless you. But as, as we think about that, do you really honor your body with God? Or you say, I'm just going to eat this. Oh, I'm going to smoke this. Oh, I'm not going to exercise because I like Netflix so much. Oh, I like the binge on CNN. All these things. But remember, we must honor God with your body. So I want us to go to this um, guy in John, I'm, three, I'm sorry, 3 John and 2. Apostle John was writing, and he had two purposes of why he was writing 3 John and 2. One was his, his dear friend named Gaius, who had a good reputation. He heard about how he's so dedicated to um, the fellow Christians, and he was so loyal, and he, had a man, he was a man of integrity um, as he worked in leadership at his local church. And he was a man who was rich. He was rich with God, but he was also rich. He had some money. Can somebody help me with that? <laughs> Amen. I got one right there. And, and, and then the second reason uh, of, of the purpose, second purpose why Apostle John wrote um, was another guy, Diotrephus, and he was a man as well who was rich too. But he was warning the church about Diotrephus being in the um, local church. He had a uh, uh, well, we can say he was insubordinate, and his disposition was he wanted to be the man, and he didn't really care for Apostle John because when Apostle John writes or when he comes through, everyone acknowledged Apostle John, but Diotrephus was trying to be the man, but that is not what we're going to focus on today want to focus on the first purpose and what Apostle John had said to Gaius. And he wrote in verse 2 of, of 3 John, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in 
spirit. Wow. We have, that's, that's our, as my pastor would say back at home in Michigan, he would say that's the anchor scripture. So it was really the foundational uh, or focus of, of today's message is that we want to consider what Apostle John is saying to Gaius. And I saw in different commentaries of Pastor Joe, it was mentioned in some, but it was um, not mentioned in some, that his physical health wasn't as healthy as his spiritual. That may reflect on some of us. We may know how to tithe an offering. We may know how to pray well. We may know how to lead well in our, our, um, d- our destinations that God has given us in the body of Christ. But how's our physical body? I'm going to let that sink there. Have, have we come to understand or do we understand that the spirit needs to be able to function according to the physical body. The Holy Spirit lives in us so he can do what? His will through us. But he can't do it if we're not well. Amen. I heard somebody say amen. Uh, I, I see you out there. I heard it through that. It streamed through that amen right there. Thank you so much. And, 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 that's, and this is what Apostle, Apostle John is saying to Gaius, I pray that you are healthy, your body is healthy, just as you're strong spiritually. And I'm praying that for all of us to have reached or have experienced that moment because he was a faithful man. As we look in verse 3, John said this, some of the traveling teachers recently Return and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. Oh, so it was almost like he went on and say, these are our, our steps in wanting to experience living healthy or healthy living. And basically, that's another way of talking about abundant living. And we're going to talk about that real soon. But he was faithful. But do we know that in James 2 and 20, it says, faith without works is dead. So we can be faithful, but if we're not putting our work to it, you can say that you want to be healthy physically, but you're not exercising. It most likely won't happen. Amen. Thank you again for that amen online. But Jesus said, In John 10, 10, be part of that, that we must experience the abundant living or the zoe in Greek, the zoe living. How many of us really can say we're experiencing that? Yes, we are saved. We are are saved. But salvation is not just when we die and we spend eternal life with Christ. But right now, we can experience that salvation package, which also abundant living. He said that I have come that you may have life, life more what? Abundantly. But are we taking advantage of that grace that Jesus has given to us? 
And we know that, and before that, uh, the beginning part of that, John 10, 10, A, it says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want us to experience that. But today, God is opening our awareness with our spiritual eye, which is, which is faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I'm praying that as we go through this, we will get the steps to healthy living. But I want to talk about what Apostle John was saying, and he was saying in a greeting, but it was a focus on his well-being, Gaius' well-being. So let's um, go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. And it says this, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Whoa. Did some of you guys know that that was in the word? Paul was doing his final greeting. He was giving his final greetings to the church in Thessalonica. And notice, and and it's also in another um, version, the New King James Version, said that, and make you sanctify in every way. So that holy and sanctify, that word means purify or to be separate from profane things because you're dedicated to God. The things that we put in our mouth is very important to God, especially when we know we have high blood pressure and we shouldn't be eating it. When we know we have some things that that's maybe family history, high cholesterol, and you eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich, which you know that's not good for you as well. Amen. I, I, I know somebody is, they, they feel what I'm saying. You know, you, and if you're back in Michigan, you're drinking a red Fago pop. They know Fago, I'm saying pop because I'm talking to Michigan people because we say pop in Michigan. You know, and, 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 and eating orange slices may not be good for your, your, your blood sugar. We have to be mindful of this, that we set apart even our physical. We get that when it comes to music. We understand that in our marriages, great. But there's also, um, we must realize that it's also what our eating. So the word spirit, the Greek term in this text, excuse me, in this text means pneuma. And pneuma is a spirit that has power of knowing, desiring, deciding, and acting. Guess who that is? John 4 and 24, we don't have to go there. It said, God is a spirit. So you don't have to say, man, I got to, it's so hard. I can't do it. You're right. God is going to do it for you. But will you obey him is the question. He said, I'm the one deciding. I'm the one acting. And then it goes on and said, the disposition. 
or the influence which fills and governs the soul. And the soul in the Greek term is suka, which means the breath of life. And if you remember in Genesis 2-7, that Hebrew word nephesh, which also means the soul in nephesh, appetite. It means the mind, living being, your desires and your emotions. So if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your emotions is tied with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Where's my children that they can nail it? Some adults be like, um, my son to nail it. Like, he, he ain't said, Dad, you miss gentleness. But yeah, but you know what it said, and self-control. So, and it say fruits, because someone say, well, I'm still working on it. Wait a minute. It said the fruit of the Spirit. Where's my Bible scholars at? So, the self-control is a peace that you already have because you have a spirit living in you. So I can't say I'm emotional eating if I have the Holy Spirit in me. Or I just can't kick this habit knowing that it's not good for me when I have the Holy Spirit in me. I have self-control. We hard on other things, but do we ever look in the mirror and say, I don't really need this today. I had given up coffee. And I was influenced uh, because of my wife. We, we are expecting. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind sharing that. That's good news. That's good news. But at the beginning, it was hard because I really had in my mind that I needed, it, but I didn't really need it. And I asked myself why, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm going to introduce a book that inspired me. But I, I was like, man, I, this is so, so hard. But it really wasn't. It was, I need to move out the way. And God was telling me, go back to drink your green tea. Go back drinking your green tea. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, okay. And I see my wife. She's like, I really want that coffee. If I was you, I'd be drinking that coffee. You ain't really want caring to And I'm like, oh, I know I need to get off this. And not only that, um, that I stopped drinking the coffee, I started drinking the green tea. My system has started healing. I can't explain it. I told my wife, I said, I haven't felt with this much energy in a long time. Yeah, you would think coffee would give me that kick, but it actually, it would crash. You would crash if you don't have that coffee. And that's why you have to keep getting, that's why it's a drug. And so that's another thing. That is something that, you have to ask yourself, this is, um, is this really what God wants me to do? Um, and so my emotions was tied into the coffee when my emotions should be tied into the word. Going back to, we don't have to go there, but in 3 John and, and, and 3, it talks about that Gaius was living according to the truth. What's the truth? The word of God. And then in this text, in um, 1 Thessalonians, it said, holy or sanctify. John 17, 17 said, sanctify 
through the truth. I mean, sanctify them through the truth for thy word is true. Only way we can be able to experience the healthy living, to experience the abundant living, we have to allow ourselves to get checked by the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the pneuma. And then our soul and our emotions will be controlled because we have self-control. And now the body, look at this. This is just amazing. The body and the sex. The Greek term means soma. And soma means the living body. That represents, our body is a physical representation of the body of Christ. Wow, isn't that something? So you see in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, we don't, to, we don't necessarily have to go there, but it says that we are the body of Christ. And it talks about how each person individually is so important. And when you are not healthy, you probably won't be able to work. You can't function and you can't really be effective. So when we're placed in the body of Christ and it says in that, that chapter in 1 Corinthians 12 that Christ positioned everyone in the body such as pleased him. But when you're not able to be well, you can't work efficiently. So it does affect. Each person that came and played, if someone was sick, it would change our worship experience. If Pastor Joe wasn't well, it would be a different day. Your, your life and the health of your life is so important to everybody. So think beyond self and know about God's will for your life and for others. So with saying that, the steps to healthy living, I have three steps. And as we're bringing out the steps, I want you to understand, you're not alone as 1 Peter 5 says, to know that your brothers and your sisters all over the world are experiencing that very same thing. That's what it says in 1 Peter 5. And so just want you to understand this is God's way of making us awareness, uh, uh, expanding our awareness, because we can feel good. And as we're, we, we, we're doing our, our church thing, we're, you know, I got my devotion right and everything. But then God said, okay, I really want you to consider this as um, uh, an adjustment in your life. Changing our habits making sure that our habits are according to God's way and not our own way. So the first thing, the steps to healthy living is to examine yourself. Examine yourself and know that Apostle John spoke of the spiritual and the physical. So these points are going to reflect on both aspects. So we're going to have two scriptures for the support in each. 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Remember, it was Gaius' faithfulness we're pulling these points from. And 
you must examine your faith and then test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If, you, if not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. And, this, and God called this weighing in. You weighing in. But I noticed that this is not easy spiritually to always examine yourself. Can I go and talk about the weigh-in on the physical side? Well, as a trainer and being as a fitness professional as myself for 18 plus years, I've noticed, well, I have to do assessments first. Whenever I meet a client, I have to get their, you know, take their vitals. I have to get their health history. Um, everything is in confidence, is in file. We do it on a computer. But it's most of the time I get to this part of the assessment is when I weigh them in. Most of 78% of the time, they say, well, I really don't want to weigh in. I'm like, um, why? Well, um, it's going to make me upset. I'm like, well, we need to know where you, you are. We need to have a, develop a baseline. Well, yeah, but, you know, I, I like to eat. Some of them say that. Then some of them just said, I'm going to turn around. They'll turn around like this. <laughs> and they would literally stand on the scale backwards because they don't want to see their, their numbers. And I'm like, wow. But what I realized, most of the individuals don't want to see the scale or what's on the scale because they really don't want to change their habits. Is that us? That when we step on spiritually, the spiritual scale, are we living in a way of denial? Because if you're not able to examine yourself spiritually, you're not going to change your physical examination. We have to allow God to, be, uh, to show us what's in our heart. This is part of the sanctification process. This is a great thing. And who is our doctor? Dr. Jesus. He's just saying, look, Thomas, you know what? You like March Madness more than me. That hurts, Pastor Joe. But I found that out last year when March Madness wasn't on. I was like, ooh, what's going on? Uh, I'm like, wow, I was like Beavis and Buddy's principal, man, you know? Some of y'all guys don't know that, and if you did see it, don't watch it, okay? <laughs> that, was, that, was before, that was before I got, you know, on this, this trail of, with the Lord. I knew the Lord, but I was still in the world, you know? But um, I was just all over the place, and... But I realized that I, I loved that sports and I wasn't so focused on anything else. It was like, this March Madness, this is it, and it's not coming on. And I was upset. And then God used that um, quarantine to say, look, this was in your heart. I was like, wow. Wow. That hurts. So I understand why we don't want to see what's on the scale. But it's so vital that we see it. Because once we realize that it's not because I like food, but because of what I went through when I was younger, or I have people that disown me, 
or I didn't have parents in my life, whatever it is, it may not be because that you really like the food. It may be because it's a spiritual thing and God wants you to see the whole picture. Can I help somebody? Lord, help me. And so in Proverbs 11, Proverbs 11, one says this, the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales. Oh my. Basically, he don't like it when you're in denial. But he delights in what? Accurate weights. So when you're lying to yourself about, I'm good, and I'm gonna just, I have to say this, and it's nothing against smokers, but it's my, I love my mother-in-law. She, she's, she's awesome. I told my wife I, I've been approved. And I love her. She's watching. I'm hoping she is. But she's like the most healthiest person on, on, on earth. I mean, they, she, she knows the, you know, uh, she worked in the uh, bio, uh, what was it, the, the, the lab for the hospital. So she know all the different, like, if there's something, um, they mix something in, it's growing, she know what disease that is or if it's an infection, but she smoked. And one thing she told me and my wife is that she can't stop smoking. And I understand her aspect because we know that she doesn't really, she doesn't believe in Christ. It's not to put her on blast, but I continue to pray. But I often see individuals who are smokers or those who overeat or those who are drunkards. They don't want to talk about what they're dealing with. They like to talk about other people. There's been people in, in my family that's heavy and they talk about other people. There's been people I've seen that's drunk. They talk about their past and how they were good <laughs> back in the day when they were in high school. Now they 85, you know. But I've noticed it, it goes along with this dishonest scales. Anything to get off the focus on me because this is too hard. And it is when you are trying to do it without Christ. But let me tell you, we have... The champion, as Hebrew says, he already won it for us. He's just given us the step. So examine yourself and know that God is with you and he lives within you. And you got this. The second thing, eat the righteous way, not Burger King way. Burger King said, have it your way. That's not, that's not God's way. And I, and I told Pastor uh, Joe, I said, uh, I, you know, I'm going to bring out some things because we have to be real about uh, connecting this truth to our life. We all have fallen short of the glory of God, so don't feel like you're the only one. Again, we are all trying to be better in our eat. I, I don't eat everything great. I might eat after I leave here something that I shouldn't eat, you know? But it's the, it's the mindset of knowing and being aware, saying, look, I got to get better at this. And that's what I want you to leave with. So eat the righteous way. And this is spiritually, make sure you eat the word so that you can eat or have a, a healthy diet physically or healthy habits physically. Um, Matthew 4, uh, Jesus um, said this. Go, if you go to Matthew 4. Jesus said this in verse 4. 
And this is when Satan, first of all, I got to set this up. So right after Jesus was baptized, the tempter came, but he was led by the spirit, okay? The, the devil came to tempt him. And Jesus was what, doing what? Fasting. Do you know that when you fast, that's when the devil is going to tempt you with food? So this is that moment. But Jesus told him, no. The scripture said, well, let me go to verse 3. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. The scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus spoke the word of God. He said, I'm right now focusing on eating the word for my faith. I'm eating the righteous way. And he was quoting Deuteronomy 8 and 3. And in the second, um, second test attempt, temp, um, temptation, and in the third one, all in this text uh, in Matthew 4, Jesus responded with Deuteronomy. What is that saying? Deuteronomy means to repeat the law. Whenever you get tempted, you're going to have to more than one time, more than three times, more than ten times, continue to say it over that I will not eat this. Monday, you got to say, I will not eat this when you get to your job. I will not drink this on Tuesday. I will not watch this because this is also for us to keep our eye gate clear too because we know there's some things online that we shouldn't be watching. Amen. So all of this, keeping everything pure, so eating the word of God. And so you're eating with a godly purpose is what I want to say. I read a book and also I taught from this. It's the author is Dr. Don Colbert. What would Jesus eat? And he said, um, he said this in his book. Ask yourself two key questions. Why do I eat this? Would Jesus eat this? And I was like, wow, hmm, I don't ask myself that all the time. But we should ask ourselves, would Jesus eat this? Why do I eat this? What's, what's the purpose? And if I say because it's good, well, that's not really a godly purpose. Well, it says in 1 Timothy 4, I heard it, Pastor Joe, I heard it all. If I just pray over it, it's good. Well, if you look at the text, it was talking about what Jesus or what God had created. We live in a time that a lot of things are being made that's not made by God because everything that God made is good. And it produced life. If it doesn't produce life, guess what? So... <laughs> But I want you to look at Proverbs 23. This is what King Solomon said in, in verse 1 of Proverbs 23. While dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, 
Put a knife to your throat. Don't desire all the delicacies. For he might be trying to trick you. If you know that you like buffets and you just eat everything, that might not be the place you want to go. Okay, this is what the scripture's saying. And I know you like put a knife to your throat. I look at that scripture um, as saying you need to have a restraint. Because if you have a restraint and you stop before that restraint, you're going to be safe. But if you go beyond that restraint, you're going to, because if you go right where that knife is, what's going to happen? You can probably kill yourself. That's what it's saying. So if you go beyond what God has drawn a line for you and you go past that, now you, you, you serve to um, maybe even kill yourself. That's with eating or with our bad habits. And then in verse 7, it goes on and talks about um, what a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And our last point, is exercise your faith. And, I mean, I'm sorry, exercise, yeah, exercise for your faith, sorry. Exercise for your faith. Hebrews 10 and 36 says, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you receive all that he has promised. When you exercise for your faith, you're exercising for God's will. And physically, you're exercising to make sure that you can continue to keep those physical muscles to continue God's work. You can have a desire spiritually and say, I want to do God's will. But if your eating habits or if your habits alone are making your body um, in, a, in a sluggish way or harming your body, eventually you can get sick. And there's really not much you can do except for try to get better. So it's so important for us as we look at um, Romans uh, uh, 5, Romans 5, 3 through 4. It says, we can rejoice to when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And I didn't explain what endurance is. Endurance is how your body handles the challenges, how your faith is challenged, your faith endurance is challenged by the trials we go through, but the muscle endurance when you're working out on a treadmill, it's how it can withstand that incline and the speed. But I want to leave this final uh, text in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. After he was talking about um, the importance of, you know, they, were, they had a situation with the food. They were all wanting to know, okay, where we go with this? There was a lot of different beliefs. And here, Paul was encouraging Timothy. And he said, look, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas, old wives, 
tales, meaning the stuff you see on TV, seeing about Jenny Craig, seeing about all these things. He said, and even don't focus so much if you're just working out all the time. That's people that's working out all the time, but they don't never work out their spiritual faith muscle. And Paul said, instead, train yourself to be godly. This is what this is all about. In every aspect in our life, be godly. Physical training is good, but remember, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. The steps to healthy living, examine yourself. Eat the righteous way. Exercise for your faith. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time to reflect on your word. We thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I pray that everyone that heard this word will take these steps and will start implementing them because their health, our health, we are all the body of Christ. We are so important to each other. The leg needs the arm, and the, the arm needs the hand, and the leg needs the foot. We are so important to each other. I pray that my brothers and sisters who are vital to reaching and witnessing to the lost, but we only can do that if we are healthy spiritually and physically. Let us reflect on the words of Apostle John. May our spirit... Um, and may our bodies be healthy as our spirit is healthy. And so we leave with that, Father God. And we ask that you continue to bless those here and those online and everyone who fellowship with us, who dine at the word, who will continue to feast even after this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.